I believe uh, uh, God wants to do a work in uh, some people tonight and break some things uh, that that people are struggling with. So I'm going to tell you a radical story. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Um, about a lady, a new convert lady came to our church, uh, and she told us the story about her next-door neighbor. Her next-door neighbor, she says, hasn't slept for four years. She screams pretty much all night, every night, and most of many days. And she went next door, her, her neighbor's name is Margareta, and uh, she went, they went next door and uh, prayed for her, and that night, for the first time properly in four years, she slept normally. And uh, this woman had a lot of issues. Uh, when her boyfriend, the next door neighbor's boyfriend, saw Margarita sleep, uh, he was amazed. This never happens. How is this possible? This woman uh, has all manner of witchcraft going on in her mind. Uh, and so uh, uh, the, 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 the new convert girl took our outreach director back there, I believe it was the next day, and, uh, and to pray again and see what's going on there. And the neighbor, Margareta, she begins to all of a sudden drip blood, uh, ooze blood from her nose and from her ears while we're praying with her. And uh, this woman has some problems. And, uh, and uh, radically, as this is happening, the woman's sister, Margareta's sister, who is a witch, hasn't been to Margareta's house for four years. The last time she came, something happened and she, <laughs> Margaret hasn't slept for four years. Suddenly, while the Christians are in the house praying, Margareta's sister pounds on the door, insists on coming inside. Right as Margareta's boyfriend is taking all the witchcraft symbols and things that her sister gave to her many years before and is taking them out to throw them outside and the sister suddenly appears saying, you can't throw those away. He throws them away anyway. The next day, uh, so Margareta sleeps normally that, that night, uh, gets up the next morning and coughs up a black tumour. Talking about witchcraft, and I thought I'd give you all the details. A few days later, that Sunday, Margareta comes to service morning and evening, but is still dripping blood. In the morning, she's constantly wiping her nose. In the evening, she's just got plugs up her nose. Looked a little bit funny. We prayed for her, came again Wednesday, no plugs, no blood, big smile on her face, she's free. Maybe you're not that extreme. (laughs) 
this evening. But I want to preach about hell's torment, breaking hell's torment. Because hell's torment doesn't only come like that. Right? It makes a great story and it's a true story. But hell's torment comes in all different forms. Headaches, migraine, sleeplessness, mental torment, abuse, severe seasons of temptation out of the blue sometimes, times where children are constantly sick, strange things happen, things get broken, might play out in any manner of arenas in our lives. I want to preach about this tonight and breaking curses, address the areas of witchcraft that we often in the West ignore, but it's very much as real, much, uh, as real here as it is uh, in East Timor. 1 Kings 19, this is happening, and I, I choose this text because I want you to see how subtle witchcraft can be in verse 1 down to verse 4 and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time and when Elijah saw that he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And Elijah prayed that he might die and said, It's enough now, Lord, take my life, for, for I'm no better than my father's. Breaking hell's torment. Let me look with you firstly at witchcraft and words. You know, witchcraft is more than voodoo, more than a seances. And this was actually quite a revelation to people when I first got to Timor and I would teach something like this because when they hear about or talk about demon possession, it was about the man that came into our church just after I got there. By the halfway through the Bible hour, he's laying on the ground, belting his face against the floor, blood and froth coming out all over him and that we have to drag him outside and cast the demon out. That's to them, that's what this is. That, that is what uh, a demon possession is all about. Uh, they wander around with glazed look in their eyes. I've been to Central Africa, I've been to Fiji, I've been to Indonesia, I've been to Timor and other places. Uh, and, and the demon possessed people all look the same. If you knew someone who was doing voodoo, seances, spells, reading tarot cards, horoscopes, throwing your name on the floor or sacrificing animals and drinking blood. It's easy to judge that. How many know that? It's easy to call that witchcraft and judge it. The problem is witchcraft happens in church far more subtly. In our text, Jezebel was a witch. Jezebel is practicing witchcraft. She is a manipulator. Let me show you this in 2 Kings chapter, uh, 2 Kings, uh, Jehu uh, uh, was happening with, Je says to Jehoram in 2 Kings 9.22, he said to, Je to Jehoram, what peace, as long as the harlotries of your mother Jezebel and her witchcraft are so many. That word witchcraft that talks about Jezebel being, practicing witchcraft, 
The word witchcraft literally means whisperer or to whisper. It's words. And that's what's happening in our text when Jezebel sends a messenger to speak to Elijah the prophet and freak him out. She's practicing witchcraft with her words. It's amazing how a word whispered in our ears can cause so much confusion, doubt, fear, sleeplessness, headaches. It's amazing that words spoken can have physical ramifications. Takes two to gossip. You listen to something you shouldn't listen to, all of a sudden you have problems. In this text here, an evil woman, a witch, who knows how to manipulate people, sent a message to Elijah and those words freak him out. The Bible says, Jezebel sent a message, verse 2, to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw it, he arose and ran for his life because of some words. A powerful man of God running for his life. Ephesians 6, the Bible speaks about fiery darts from the wicked one. Words many times, fears, doubts that enter in when our faith is not strong. I recently, in uh, Footscray, was speaking to a lady uh, uh, who felt tormented uh, about the thought that her, her son would die. And she was just opening up to me about this. She just gets these fears, these thoughts that my son, and I just think he's going to die. And I just said to her, no, that's not true. That's just demonic. It's not true. And she began to weep in relief, just hearing the simple words, that's not true. Those words are from hell. The devil loves to do this, uh, to whisper doubt uh, and fear uh, and manipulate the truth so that we believe it. uh, It's words. And here it is in our text. It's how it plays out. Witchcraft tries to deny that God can help you. This is what it does. Verse 4, I'm no better than my father's. I'm no better than my father. Elijah, you're a man of God. You just got used to defeat 450 wicked false prophets. You just called down fire from heaven. I'm just like my unsaved dad. I'm just like my grandfather. I'm just like those that I'm just a sinner. I can't do this. This is witchcraft. You know you're free. You know God set you free. But all of a sudden, am I really converted? Am I really changed? Can I make it as a Christian? Maybe I'll always be an alcoholic. My dad was always an alcoholic. Maybe I'm always going to be addicted to porn. A friend of mine was a preacher, has radical stories about God's miracle power, healing power. God used him powerfully to help hundreds of people, preached all over the world. He says he's an atheist now. That's witchcraft. Witchcraft tries to bring isolation. Listen to this. Verse 10, he says, I alone am left. I'll just wander off in the desert by myself and do my own thing, just me and Jesus. It's a lie. 
You're the only one that's struggling. You're the only one that feels... You, you have a special sense of the, from the Holy Spirit. Don't speak to your pastor. He's too busy for you anyway. He doesn't care about you anyway. Isolate, isolate, isolate. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. Satan's saying to you, you're the only one. No, you're not the only one. Same old, same old. The devil just uses the same, same old tricks. Many times when I've had people in church come to me and say, Pastor, I'm struggling with this torment and da 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 Many times they don't know it, but three or four or five people of the same week would come with me, to me with the same thing. The devil tries to make you feel like you're the only one. Don't go talk to your pastor about it. Just, just you can deal with it. Witchcraft try, wants to convince you that it's not witchcraft. Here's Elijah. Even as, even as I'm preaching this, some of you are saying, oh yeah, but mine's not witchcraft. Elijah's focusing on every issue in his life. He's focusing on the people. He's focusing on the problems. He's thinking about Jezebel. It's witchcraft. Words, manipulation, condemnation, fears, doubts, insecurities, curses. In Matthew 13, 28, so the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did we not sow good seeds in your field? How does it have bad seeds? And he said, uh, idiot, an enemy did this. I added the idiot. An enemy has done this. Like why? You're a Christian. You've been saved for so long. Of course we're sowing good in our lives. You're, you're putting disciplines in your life. You're beginning to pray. You're witnessing. Uh, you're, not, you're not good enough. Everyone else is a good disciple but not you. That's what an enemy will do. And then witchcraft causes confusion and strange outcomes. I, I'm fascinated by verse 4 in the text. Elijah says, Now, Lord, take my life. That, that's weird. Do you know why? Because the reason he's running away is because she, thre she threatened his life. So he ran for his life and then said, God, kill me. If you want... If you wanted to die, buddy, just stay where you are. Like. Because people who are affected by witchcraft come to weird conclusions. It's the doctrine. That's not the doctrine. We're spiritual people. We're affected more than we realize by a spiritual dimension. If you don't have biblical eyes at that time, you're going to probably come to some wrong conclusions. That's why we need our friends, Christian friends. That's why we need a church. That's why we need a headship. That's why we need a prayer life. That's why we need to dig into the Word of God for ourselves and get some answers. Some people even think God is punishing them. Hello? Some people think that life is going bad for me because I need to be punished because I'm Catholic and I believe in purgatory on earth. 
God's going to whip me a few times and then bless me. Good Christians come to strange conclusions about ministry, marriage, destiny. It's witchcraft. Let me talk then secondly about words and fear. You know, there's a, there's a phrase, fight or flight. And that is the instinctive physiological response to a threatening situation which causes one to either resist forcibly or to run away. It's physiological, but it's also very spiritual. The Bible says we should fight the good fight, which means God didn't intend for us to run away from Satan. We should run from evil, yes, but not run away because of the lies of hell. Not run from responsibility, run from calling, not run from righteousness, not run because the devil lies to you about your children or your health or your destiny. Ephesians 6 says that we should put on the whole armor of God that we can stand, not run. Not run. So when the, when the, when the fear, if you like, or or a cause to fear comes on your life, fight or flight, we fight. We don't run away from what God has called us to do. We say no. We stop the fiery darts by faith. Ephesians 6 lists the armor of God and it doesn't include any armor on our backs because we're not supposed to run away from Fear. I was speaking, uh, a pastor called me recently. His wife got COVID. She was laying uh, down, uh, beca- she was very, became very sick. Suddenly she's struggling to breathe, struggling to breathe, struggling to breathe. Then she's gasping for air. Like he said it was crazy, but it was like in the middle of it, he's panicking, he calls an ambulance, and he said to her, are you afraid you're going to die? She said, yes. And by the Holy Spirit, he said, it's not right, that is a demon spirit of fear, pray against fear, pray with me, and they prayed against fear. She was instantly could breathe normally. Here's Elijah gets a message, one written message, one text. It was formed for him. His situation, the people that he had talked to, it connected well with him. He was tired maybe, he was weary, he had a big day. Jezebel was the wife of the king. Suddenly this was too much. These words found a place to lodge when his faith was down for some reason and he ran for his life. When, when, you, when we get the victory, your faith gets tested. Protect your heart. You know, when I'm tired, I've learned a long time ago, when I'm tired, get a phone call get, and start to 
buzz out a little bit, freak out. What am I going to do? I don't know. I probably need to sleep. I probably just need to sleep. I probably need to call my pastor. I probably, I don't, you can't panic. You've got to just protect your heart. The devil wants you to run. Run away from Christian friends. Run away from wisdom. Run away from the church family, from settled doctrine, truth, from reason, from the old paths where the good way is. And we say, I just need some space. I just need some time alone. I just... But I want to show you something from our text. The Bible says, verse 2, Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, I'm going to kill you by tomorrow. Why didn't she just send a soldier and kill him? Why send a messenger saying, I'm going to kill you? She's the, the queen. Just send a soldier and kill him. What, 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 why? I want to tell you why. Because she couldn't. All she has is words and it worked. It got rid of him. And that's all the devil really has for you. He can't kill you or he would have already. He can't steal your salvation or he would have already. All he can do is put something in you, words, and hope that you take the bait. Speak confusion, doubt, temptation, and hope that you take the bait. And you run from righteousness, you run from church, you run from settled doctrine. And the devil wins. Revelations chapter 12, the Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. I want you to notice something. In a court of law, he's the accuser. He's not the judge. He's not the jury. He's not the executioner. He's the accuser. God is the judge. Jesus is is the intercessor, the only way Satan can cause you to fall is if you'll believe his lies. Satan tries to dominate your thoughts. There are people here, you weren't even going to come tonight because of this. Satan's trying to run your mind, drag you down, depression, defeat, distraction. 1 Peter 5, 8, your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. A lion... Uh, when he hunts, he roars and runs at his prey, hoping to get the animals panicked. One of them diverts away from the pack, and that's the one he goes for. The Bible says God did not give you that. He did not give you a spirit of fear. Remember in, in Mark chapter 5 when Jairus uh, hears a bad report. He doesn't say anything. He just hears a bad report. God says, do not be afraid. Just believe. Don't be afraid. God and Satan both know the power of fear. The opposite of faith. Someone said fear is the interest we pay on things that never happen. Someone said the only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. 
It's a product of our imagination causing us to fear things that do not uh, at present and may never exist. Fear is a choice. Who are you listening to? What are you listening to that brings confusion and fear and complacency and vexation and discouragement and doubt? We had a man saved in our church here many years ago. His friend all of a sudden came on the scene, was a Calvinist. You know what a Calvinist is? A strange doctrine. But this man was a Calvinist and he was trying to get the disciple, you should listen to this, this, this doctrine, blah, 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 help me. And, and he said, I want you to listen to this CD. And the disciple said, no, no. He goes, no, you've got to listen. You just, you just have to listen to this music. Because it's spiritual. It's spiritual. Be careful what you're listening to. Be careful who you're listening to. Jump on the internet. Listen to every kind of insanity. Someone's sitting there and this is how I picture it. Some weird weirdo sitting there in pink fluffy slippers at his computer writing a theological document. Porno on one screen. Theology document on the other screen. That's how you need to picture it when you're reading the internet. They're weird. You've got to be careful. Okay, stop thinking about that. <laughs> the psalmist says in Psalm 73, 21 and 22, Thus my heart was grieved, I was vexed in my mind, I was so foolish and ignorant. Satan wants you to be seized by panic and anxiety and stress and stay up all night. That's not our portion. I remember the time, clearly, I was in Indonesia, um, had to do some, uh, some business with a pastor there. and I was The night before I was flying out, the hotel that I was in had run out of rooms. I had to leave all of a sudden. I had to just book myself into another hotel quickly before I go to the airport the next morning. And so about 10, 10.30 at night, I walked down the street, checked into this dingy hotel for the night. Just need to crash there the night, have a shower, sleep and go. I'll never forget. Went into the hotel room, put my gear down, had a shower, hopped into bed, turned the light off. And the moment I turned my light off, man, I'm telling you, a demon spirit of fear, like, like I'd rarely felt in my life, hit my heart so hard I... Like it was like a little girl. <laughs> Turn the light on. And, oh, I'm pastor, man. <laughs> what the heck? And I, really, I, mean, I haven't prayed over this stinking room. Get out, you demon spirit of fear. And I just took dominion, told this thing to get out. Uh, and then uh, turned the light off and went to sleep. And it was that clear. I'm telling you, it was that real, that radical. It doesn't have to be the way we live. The Bible says in Psalms 127.2, God gives his beloved sleep. God wants to help you to sleep. Number three, and finally, the words of recovery. One of the comforts in our text, I like this thought, Elijah was not doing good. 
And God came looking for him. God came looking for him. God's coming looking for you tonight. God wants to tell you something, that he loves you, you. Many times we view God loves us as a colloquial phrase or a, a cumulative phrase for all of us. God loves his church. He does, but he loves you individually. Sometimes we can feel like a number, but God came looking for Elijah. God took time to feed him Give him something to drink. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. You need to know that. That if you're suffering a torment or struggling through witchcraft words at work, at home, over the text messages, God's coming looking for you tonight. Isaiah 54, 17, the Bible says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. And This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. God is looking to bring restoration. Verse 18, in our, later on in our text, says, Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. God restored Elijah that day. said, Elijah, number one, you're not alone. More than you have gone through this struggle. I'm with you. There are 7,000 others that have, not done, that have not bowed their knee. They're still living for God. I've got a purpose for your life. I want you to lead and judge this nation. I'm not finished with you. And this is what God wants you to know. So for some of you, the devil is succeeding in telling you, you're done. You can't do this. You can't make it. You're not like the other guys. You're not like the other girls. They're doing good. You're doing bad. He's a liar. He's a liar. If he could already kill you, he already would have. But he can't. He just speaks words and hopes that you believe it. We have to believe what the Bible says, Psalms 3, verse 3, But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. 1 John 4, 4, you are, my, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. We need this. I remember very clearly, and some of you might have heard this story back in 2010. I'll never forget how... A difficult a year that was for me, how much witchcraft had played havoc on my mind. I ne it never crossed my mind that it was witchcraft. I just had lots of things going on in our lives. Uh, and I remember I was driving to Ramsgate prayer in the morning and I called Pastor Payne. And he picked up the phone and I told him what was going on, all the people, situations, the difficulties, what was happening. And he just said, it's witchcraft. <clears throat> yeah, I knew that. I knew that. And uh, what should we do about it? <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that. He said, it's witchcraft. I want you to pray with me. And I remember specifically trying to cross uh, Prince's Highway with my eyes half closed, praying on the phone with Pastor Payne. 
in my Hyundai XL. And he led me in a prayer, and it's changed my life. Set me free. Just like that. We need, to, we need to serve notice on the devil. The Bible says in Luke 13 that Jesus cast out a spirit of infirmity. That word infirmity is feebleness of body or mind. This is what people feel sometimes. Sometimes it is physical, the feebleness of a body. Sometimes it's the mind. It doesn't mean you're pathetic. It just means you didn't see it for what it was. I remember a lady came to me one Sunday night in Beachboro when I was there. She had a headache and she said to me, Pastor, I have a headache. Every Sunday night, about four o'clock in the afternoon, I get a headache. Every Sunday afternoon, right before I'm ready to come to church. It's happened to me for month after month after month. And I said, well, that's enough. It's witchcraft. We prayed, broke the power of the witchcraft. The next Sunday night, she came to me and said, I was waiting at about four o'clock to see what would happen. And I didn't get the headache. I come to church free. See, I'm not, I tell you this because it's real. Sometimes we need people to intercede for us. God wants to set people free. Amen. One last story. We had a lady come to church whose daughter was constantly sick. They couldn't sleep, they wouldn't sleep, both her and her daughter. They, she was a single mum. She was telling me this story about all the torment they were going through, her and her daughter, and I said to them, just, it was just God, I don't know how I, I suddenly just jumped to my mind, but I, I said, you know the cassette tape in the middle of the cassettes, the old tape deck cassettes and video VHS? Some of you are nodding, but you're lying. I said, you know that brown stuff that comes out of the middle of tape decks? Have you seen that wrapped around a pole near your house recently? She said, yes. She said, I came home the other day and I have two old metal gates at the front of my house and my gates were tied up with that stuff. I said, someone's practicing witchcraft on you. And uh, I said, do you know who it was? She said, yes, it's my mother-in-law's lesbian girlfriend who's a practicing witch. She told me she put it there because the gates wouldn't stay closed when she, went to, she came to drop off a doll for my daughter. <laughs> you stupid girl. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I didn't say that. But we did pray and it broke the power of the witchcraft and the child was instantly free. What's happening What's happening? Sometimes some of you have things in your home. I have a lovely lady that's sitting here tonight many years ago. She came to me, <laughs> she came to me with problems and nightmares. And I said, do you have any idols in your home? No. So you don't have any idols in your home at all that you need to get rid of? No, Pastor. She goes, but can you, you and Sky come to my house and pray? I said, yeah. We went over the house. I walked in the door. I'm like, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? Where'd you get, oh, Bali, you know, some wacky travels that I've been on and I've collected every possible demon on earth. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that needs to go in the bin, that needs to go in the bin. Maybe you need to ask pastor to come to your house. 
I don't know. But maybe you have things in your home that you know you shouldn't have. Ask God to show you. Because God wants to set you free. Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes all across this place.